0: Hello, hello, this is Jerry Visco, I am hosting my, it's Radio Free Brooklyn, Radio Free Brooklyn, but send us some friggin' money, okay, we need money so we can pay the rent, but anyway, this is Radio Free Brooklyn, Geraldine Winifred Visco, and it's Visco Disco, the stupid show, we ain't stupid, we're friggin' geniuses, and guess what, Uh, my guest tonight is, That bitch, Sharon Needles, the fabulous drag queen who some people find controversial and you'll find this conversation hilarious. I did it a while ago because I wrote, I was in one of her videos, actually. I was in one of her videos and I uh, wrote about her. And so Sharon Needles is really funny and you're going to enjoy this. But I would also like to mention that um, there's an event that I want all of you to come. So get your pen out, write this down or you put it on your phone. Saturday, September tenth at eight PM till two A.M. We're gonna be having a radio free Brooklyn Benefit Rock concert. It's on Saturday, September tenth, eight PM to two AM. And guess what? It's gonna be at Unit J. J is in jerk off. Uh, and it's at three three eight Moffat Street in Brooklyn, New York. Okay? Unit J, three three eight Moffat Street. Now I have the invitation on Facebook. The tickets are eight dollars in advance on brown paper bag, ten bucks at the door, and special limited VIP seating, fifteen bucks. So anyway, it's a, it's a beautiful downtown Bushwick, you know, beautiful downtown Bushwick cash bar. Anyway, it's going to be a really fun party, and we're going to have like some bands are going to be playing. We're talking about Amos Rose, The Falling Birds, Drew Cutler and the Heart and Hand Band, Dead Leaf Echo. So anyway. It's on Facebook and I'm going to, if you're my Facebook friend, I'm going to harass you and try to get you to come because it's going to be fun and it is a benefit for the Radio Free Brooklyn. So anyway, let's listen to me and Sharon Needles have fun together and we're going to play some of her crazy songs, which you're going to love. Like I wish I was LaManda LaPore and what's the other one? Hey, hey, Dirty Farms. What's some of the other ones? Uh, Whore. Whore. Anybody out there a whore? If you are, raise your hands. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, call Me on the Ouija board. Call me on the Ouija board. I'm in that music video. Watch it. I spank. I give Sharon needles a night nice spanking, which she loved actually. I think she's into weird shit, you know. And then what was the other um is there another one? Yeah, it was just those three. yeah we got those three, but watch on YouTube. She's really funny and badass. So anyway, this is Radio Free Brooklyn, Jerry Visco. Okay. T G I F but I think it's Friday fantastic. night. Thank Jerry, I
1: shut it
2: Clits and tight pussy. Well,
3: uh, you know, you're you're putting the words right now. Well, my you, mouth, said but, you said it. Uh, it makes them happy. Well, you're an Italian, and if there's anything I know about Italians, is that um, that um, they have big dicks. But you, you are letting me know that not, not only do Italian men have big dicks, but that the, the ladies have big clits and yes. tight pussy. Big clit equals and big. Tits. Uh, and big Look at these fuckers and, and huge fucking tits. Feel them. They're real. That's that's seven They're pounds of breast. <laughs> Now, if now if it wasn't for all your unnecessary body hair, the Italians just might be a perfect race.
2: <laughs> well, they they're not. You know why they're not a the perfect race? Because they're very they're boring. Are they? Well, they don't like to party. I'm a quarter
3: Irish, thank God. What what are you? I forget. I'm um uh, half Irish, half Nazi. Yeah, German. Yeah. So that that's means you're a party animal. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's
2: just that. Italians are good at food and, cla- uh, food and clothes, but they are not good at having fun.
3: Yeah, They're I'm, mean
2: and they kill people.
3: Well, you know, I'm, but you I, like that, don't you? I, well, I consider myself a very passionate person. So, so as much fun as I like to have, I, I'm, I'm also the biggest asshole I know. So. Why? Uh, because I think it has to do with me being a Sagittarius. Two people live within me. One's a very savvy business person. Uh, the other person's a party girl. You know, a part of me is a very um, uh, sensitive, connected, balanced person. And the other part of me is a selfish, fame-seeking um, asshole. Absolutely. Terrorist, really. Well,
2: you, for some reason... Can I am- you say terrorist in New York? Oh, yes. But you can't be one.
3: But, but you can't be one. That's right. That's right. Well,
2: let's put it this way. I have millions of Sagittarius friends. And I don't really like them in one way, although my dog was a Sagittarius. But I feel like I like them in the sense they like to go out and do things. But they also don't understand who they are. But you're starting to
3: get it. You're acknowledging it. I acknowledge that I have no idea who the hell I am. And I think that's the first step. Yes.
2: Look at Anna Cole Smith, for example.
3: Uh, Yes. uh, Me and her share the exact same birthday. Oh, yeah. I knew it. Yeah, November 28th. And... um, Uh, Her death I took particularly um, hard. I I mean, I'm obsessed with celebrities, and I'm obsessed with fame. I always will be. But that death was the first celebrity death I remember taking particularly hard, maybe after Tammy Faye Bakers. But Tammy Faye... Well, what
2: about Michael Jackson?
3: Michael Jackson's came after Anna Nicole's. But I think Anna Nicole was the first celebrity death that changed media as we know it. It was the first thing... That turned um, sensationalistic news into something that was 24-hour entertainment, and I love it. I mean, to this to this day, I I can watch I can watch up to 29 hours of CNN a day in yeah. 24 hours. How many?
2: 20. 20
3: 29. 29. In 24 hours. hours. Don't ask me how I do it, but I'd love to. But I'm a, I'm obsessed with media and news. I can watch it all day. And you sound like my mother. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's not even Are news. you like
2: some old lady from Pittsburgh? No, you're from Newton, Iowa, I'm right? i
3: originally from Newton, Iowa, but I consider myself an honorary insur in Pittsburgh, um, Transylvania. But um, uh, I love what news has become. It's no longer based on facts. It's based on entertainment. And it makes you wonder, like, you look at cases like Newtown, is um, adult entertainment killing our children, or is killing our children adult entertainment? Wait I don't know. What came first, the chicken Wait. or the egg? But In I other
2: words, Newt- it's pronounced Newtown?
3: I think it's pronounced Newtown was where the slaughter was. Oh, Newtown. Oh, oh, Newton was where oh, i got. Gotcha. from. You yes. didn't slaughter people there, did you? Um, no, 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 no. I, I you mean, wanted to though, didn't I you? had a severe nine, I had, or excuse me, had a severe Columbine fantasy that danced in, into my head, and um, you know I got picked on a lot in high school. And what, what I, do they do? Oh, you know I I'd get beat up. I was called names for the what, way I what, looked. What do they and the call you? Oh, you know, faggot, You know, the the classics. Um, but this article. Did you fight re- back? No, 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 no. Not at the time. Um, but I think I... Uh, but you used to think about... Uh, murder. Murder, dismemberment, um, slaughtering, slowly bleeding, starting from the small toe up, torture. Um, yes, and and then what I would do with the bodies. I would fantasize about how to dispose of these bodies. But, um, you know, I...
2: I thought you were... I didn't know you were Italian. <laughs> no, but I,
3: I mean... I was lucky enough not to act on my fantasies and actually um, live vicariously through horror films and uh, stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, horror movies and and violent imagery, you know, causes these terrible disasters. I really think it keeps them... I I think it halted me from doing it. I could live vicariously and watch the jock and the slut be slowly murdered um, by the tortured soul that was Freddy Krueger or Jason or Michael Myers and... And, uh, and and save all my death fantasies and keep them in a fantasy world and not act upon them.
2: Actually, that's totally true.
3: But, you know, I still, you know, to this day think about flying back to Newton, Iowa and taking out a couple of them. But they're not in high school anymore. I'm Wait. sorry. You know what? My Red Bull is, is doing the trick for me right now. Yes, thank you. I'll, get, I'll dr- get
2: a gin and tonic if they have Can me. we get
3: her a gin and tonic? Your dress is absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. Thanks. I'll take right no problem. Thank you, baby. Um, That's star power. Yeah, definitely. Um,
2: well, um, wait a minute now. So you, um, but when you left, when you were, uh, you left. You ran away from home, or did, what did you do? When I was
3: sixteen, yes, I, I ran away to the the glossy um, high end uh, celebrity um, uh major city of Des Moines, Iowa, uh-huh. which was thirty six miles away from my farming community. I
2: like people from Iowa, though. In one way, they can be really nice. Oh,
3: now when I look back upon it, I'm very happy with that I came um, uh, from Iowa. It's it's an interesting, progressive um, um, place, but um, I was raised by a television set, and I knew that there was more than six feet of corn and, um, and methamphetamine production. I knew... I knew the world worked the way it did inside my TV, and, and I didn't really waste a lot of time figuring that out. So I left high school at 16, and a lot of people say, well, don't you wish you would have finished your education? But I always say, I got my degree from fuck you. Funk you or fuck, well, fuck you? Fuck you. Yes. And a bachelor's and screw you. Yes. But uh, uh, to this day, I can still beat out anyone I know on Jeopardy. Cool. That school does, only teaches you how to conform in standard lines. And I don't stand in lines, I snort them.
2: Yeah, wait a minute, that's perfect.
4: Hey, hey you. Yeah, you, the tall one with the fucked up face. Aren't you sharing needles? Uh, well, of course I am. I mean, I am the only pretty girl on this block, aren't I? Uh, yeah, sure. Look, I heard you're the best in the biz. I'm looking for something different, you know, honey. Something special. Oh, well, then I'm your girl. How much you wanna spend, baby? Yeah, you know, ten dollars. <laughs> oh no, honey. Not for ten bucks. What do I look like? Mahogany? I am Sharon Mother Fucking Needles. Pretty hoes are such a bore. I'm 4127244 And baby please ignore, these hot pink open source. Now yes guys, don't be fussy I'm here to make my money Double that ooey gooey On this blown out cow pussy, yes I'm a Pittsburgh prostitute And baby there's a substitute Give me ten dollars and I'll take poop On your new Armani suit Yeah, my pussy is down to there, but my hair is out to here. I get hotter after every beer. I'll blow you for my bus fare. Yes, guys, don't be fickle. Let me come and tickle that nasty, salty tickle for a buffalo nickel. Yes, I'm a Pittsburgh prostitute, and baby, there's no substitute. Give me $10, and I'll take a poop on your new Armani suit. Yes, I'm a Pittsburgh prostitute. And baby, there's no substitute. Give me $10 and I'll take a poop on your new Armani suit. Big Ben, Mr. Rogers, Luke Ravenstahl. From Fox Chapel to Homewood, baby, I have blown them all. Rick C. was enormous. Dan Honorato's was so small. I topped a freak in Frick Park and I bottomed in the War Hall. I blew a Jew in Squirrel Hill in Shadyside, I teabagged a bag. I did my brothers in Uptown, but their horse sticks make me gag. Yes, I'm a Pittsburgh prostitute. And baby, there's no substitute. Give me $10 and I'll take poop on your new Armani suit. Yes, I'm a Pittsburgh prostitute. And baby, there's no substitute. Give me $10 and I'll take a poop on your new Armani suit. I'm sharing needles. I'm sharing needles. And you're a needle dick. I'm sharing needles. I'm sharing needles. And you're a needle dick. Hey baby, why don't you come over here and toss my pretzel salad? If you find a better claw girl than me, I'll wrestle an alligator in the middle of Liberty Avenue. Um, so, so you left in high school, but uh, if, you, if you went back to, um,
2: there would not be, people are all, what are they doing now, those fuckers?
3: I, I don't know, a lot of people ask me, um, do you think you got the last laugh because of uh, your success on RuPaul's Drag Race and the success of your album and your acting career? Do you think you got the last laugh because they get to see all the success? But I don't think they get to see it because RuPaul's Drag Race airs at wife-beating hour. Yeah. So I just don't think they caught it. I still think they know you. <laughs> I, th- I mean, the thing is, is I don't fucking care. You
2: have family there?
3: Um. Yeah. I, yeah. A lot. Uh. My mom and my dad. You know, they live in Des Moines, Iowa. Are you Iowa close now. to them? Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I've always been close, um, to my family, but um, I wasn't one of those. Uh, gay kids who was bullied that clung to their family. In fact, I pushed my family away even further. Since I couldn't defend myself in school, I took it all out on my parents. So I started drugs really early and, you know, sneaking out and sleeping with boys and not coming home for weeks on end. So I really put my parents through it. Um, so, but then when I got on a drag race, you know, I was 29 years old and I was...
2: 29?
3: Yeah, I was proving to my parents that you that, um... That dreams, that nightmares do come true, and that, yeah. um, that the stars can align, and um, prophecies can be fulfilled, and this bullshit idea of uh, me becoming a successful, beloved, and famous by being a man who dressed up as a as a fuck clown, um, being a total asshole and a visual terrorist would be successful, and ta-da! And so now my mom, my mom's my biggest fan now. She flies all over the world with me.
2: Do you
4: have siblings?
3: Yes, I have a younger sister and an older brother.
4: It's just you and me, baby. We're trapped in two different worlds. Now I know you're no downtown boy, but I'm no uptown girl neither. We're trapped in two different realms, you see. You want to talk to me? Well, then drop the phone. And pick up the board. I'll be your girl, man. I'll be a girl Grim. Let's dabble in the black cards This is
1: not a game Let me spell my
4: Place your fingers on the board, and tell me what you'll do to me. I will spell a fantasy, and cast a spell of ecstasy, a little touch of magic, in this world obsessed with science. I'll be your Carolyn, I'll be your pentagram, let's dabble in the
1: this is not a game, let me spell my name
2: To Des Moines,
3: and how long were you in Des Moines? Um, I lived in Des Moines for a couple of years. You know, I, le- I lived in a couple of meth houses. I lived in a couple of punk-like commune houses. I lived in my car for a while, but um, but I was having a blast. And of course, you know, you know, big wasn't big enough. So um, you know, I left and became kind of a transient, like hippie, almost I guess if I could describe it in any word. I was you know living in Colorado and New Mexico and traveling through Arizona and
2: So you were in Des Moines for a couple of years then what I did, guess I don't know why remember. did you move why did you move to Pittsburgh of all places
3: Um Andy I was look, I was looking um I was looking at jail time in Boulder Colorado and um Why Um it was it was an extensive amount of things You were there? Yeah, I was I was living there. I was living in this like punk cooperative with like 30 hippies and punks in this rundown mansion outside of Boulder, Colorado in Lafayette. And I got like a G.Y. and I think like an assault on an office. I, I really, it was so long ago I don't even remember, you know. Yeah. It's so weird what the brain chooses to remember and what it well, doesn't. How old are it. you
2: now? Oh, 29.
3: Well, now I'm 31. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. I'm 31. And the only reason I remember that is because Baskin-Robbins has 31 ice cream flavors. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was looking at jail time, and I just, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to deal with, like, the responsibilities of all that, and a couple of punks were like, well, we're going to go live in Pittsburgh. Because it was cheap, maybe? It, it was cheap, one of the kids was from there, and I said... You, you knew know, you
2: could live there without really getting a job or something.
3: Right, like and I, I figured I could, um, I would be there a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and um, that's where I got um, struck by adult lightning, and, and there was just something about me that wanted to just settle my roots and stay. Yeah, I just right. really, really liked it, and you know, if did
2: you meet Alaska there?
3: I did. Uh, yeah, years and years after of living yeah. there, but I was I was aware of her work. Uh, she was, you know, one of those crazy um, tranny shack. Queens of LA and I would see her pictures online and I saw performance of her getting pissed on by men in pig masks and so I was really attracted to that you know I've always been attracted to skag drag and, yeah. and performance art drag and social commentary drag anything that's just not a beauty queen um, yeah. I've always liked and, which and is that,
2: ironic because you were on the RuPaul thing
3: and what's ironic is that I won the RuPaul thing I know but, um, but it, it, it's not really that ironic if you, if you really uh, dive into um, the nostalgic realm of RuPaul she's much more of a gender fuck performance artist than a beauty queen she just happens to be so fucking beautiful yeah. that it works in a commercial world but if, if you could s- strip RuPaul's blonde wig and makeup and got into her head she's much more of a skag um, punk rock you know politically incorrect drag queen than, than uh, her and her brand allows her. Yeah. Um, well, so look, she
2: came from... The, wasn't she in the Lower East Side for a long time?
3: I'm, yeah, I mean, her and Lady Bunny and La Homa and Floyd all ca- and Larry T yeah. all came from the same Atlanta, Georgia uh, a gaggle of queens that came to New York to make it big. Um, the thing with Rue is um, she always wanted it bigger, and she wasn't gonna sleep till she got it, and I think that's why me and her have a lot in common. Yeah. And I'm black.
2: In mentally or physically?
3: Um, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in the crotch area. I'm kind of black too.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why me and Leo are twins. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna dress up the same tonight.
3: Yeah, work.
2: But um, so, um, basically,
3: so you've been in Pittsburgh now for. It's going to be 10 years, 10 September years. 27th.
2: And you're going to stay there? Uh,
3: yes, I mean, as long as I can. I mean, sometimes in this industry, you, um, you, you, are, you are asked to move to New York or to move to L.A., be closer to the work. But uh, right now, the ball's in my court. Um, yeah. I never stop working. I never stop creating. And I never sit around... And wait for the industry to need me. I force the industry to want me by um, by continuously creating what I do. And you know, in this world of airplanes and internet, it really doesn't fucking matter where you are. You just have to travel more. It's more though, right? about what you do. I, yes, but I travel every I, every single day. I, I always people always. Ask but you're a Sagittarius, so that's okay. But not to my other half. One half of me loves the world traveling. The other half um, uh, wants to be in my bed with my cat beating off the Twinkhorn. Yeah. Well, um,
2: but they, didn't they just um, award you some kind of citizenship thing in Pittsburgh? Uh,
3: <coughs> uh, yes, last year on September, or, uh, June 12th was um, proclaimed uh, Sharon Needle's Day. Which was uh, a great honor. I got a key to the city. It unlocks nothing. But, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's the home of so much history and so many secrets. You know, we're, P- Pittsburgh isn't like Seattle or Portland. We don't advertise how underground we are. We keep it to our fucking selves. We don't want anyone moving into our town. We don't want it getting any bigger or cooler. And we don't want it getting any more attention. We love just being... Uh, a rough around the edges, um, dying industrial city that's just hanging on by a thread. And if it's good enough for Andy, whoa, it's good enough for me. But um, how
2: does it compare with Detroit? Uh,
3: I, I would say they're somewhat similar. They both have. Um, I, I think. I think Pittsburgh. Uh, I think uh, Detroit and Pittsburgh are both dying of cancer. Pittsburgh is just a little more um, ready to fight.
2: To yeah,
3: live. right. While Detroit is relying a little more on religion, I think uh, Pittsburgh relies a little more on its T-cells.
2: Yeah. Well, um, would you say that people are flocking to Detroit because of you, possibly? Because even though you don't encourage them?
3: Are flocking to?
2: Yeah. Are there other people coming in because of you, do you think?
3: To Pittsburgh or yeah. to Detroit? to Pittsburgh. I don't think anyone's moving to Pittsburgh uh, for me, but uh, uh, people who are fans of drag race or fans of drag culture have definitely made uh, meccas to Pittsburgh and you know like the, my, my show bar The Blue Moon which um, I think people think is this opulent gorgeous ballroom where me and Alaska started our careers it's not it's a hell hole it's, it's, it's a Mars bar with a disco ball so uh, are you
2: trailer trash?
3: Am I, uh, I'm not trailer trash because I don't live in a trailer yeah but
2: you like the seedy side of life.
3: Yeah, I would say the only difference between me and trailer trash is that I don't live in a trailer. Um, and I wouldn't call myself white trash because I think the phrase is racist.
2: Yeah, but um, would you say that, are you going to start like, putting on the wrists and being a little more... Like, do you have any star ego, or do you feel like that's become an issue at all?
3: Do I have a star ego? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fucking-lutely. Are you kidding me? Being a celebrity is a fucking privilege. It's not a right.
2: But you're not a diva totally, right?
3: Depends on what person you're talking to.
2: Yeah.
3: It depends on my mood. True. But but, um, a lot of people have told me, Sharon, don't let the fame go to your head. But it's the only empty space I got, so I don't know where else it would go. Why wouldn't it go to your head? If people are... If, you're, if your job is to constantly be cultivating this artificial character that is you, yeah. how the fuck is it not going to go to your goddamn head? You know, some people say, oh, she was... You know, even though she was a star, she was humble till the day she died. They will not say that in my obituary. Yeah. They won't. I was so obsessed and enamored by the idea of being famous that when the impossible happened and I have it, I'm not wasting it. I... I'm a fucking... I'm a diva. I can't help it.
2: But do you, do you feel like you... Would you rather live a skanky
3: lifestyle or an elegant lifestyle? Or somewhere of both? Well, I think when you blend them together, um, nowadays, it's... Conf- nowadays, you call it Lindsay Lohan. When yeah. I was a kid, you called it Motley Crue. Yeah. You applauded um, the self-destructive aspects of a celebrity. Nowadays... It sells more tabloids while you um, yeah. completely alienate someone's life and put them in a box. I live in the Motley Crue state of badass celebrity, not in the Lindsay Lohan. I don't want to be felt sorry for. I want I want people to relish in my mistakes and my mishaps and my assholeism. Yeah,
2: and um, so now that you like you've done, you won that RuPaul thing and. You're like, you've done various other stuff in the last year or so. What's, I mean, now you have Ouija board and you have... Um, what, what is your, like, what are your thing now, would you say? Your songs or, or performances? What, or what, what's your goal?
3: Well, you know, since I was on RuPaul's uh, Drag Race, and it was the first year they allowed a fan mm-hmm. voting yeah. to weigh in on who won, and I, I got 80% of the fan votes, uh, I, right now, I, I'm just writing my thank you letters. That's what I call it. You know, you you can't open your presents till you till you write your thank you letters. So I'm basically just touring every city uh, from major to minor, every country from legendary to terrifying, um, thanking the world for their support. And the best way for me to do that is by um, performing my album PG13 yeah. live, you know it's you know I'm I'm not singing parodies, I'm not singing cover songs. I'm, no. I'm singing I'm singing uh, 12 tracks that I handcrafted specifically for myself and my fans.
2: Did you write them all?
3: I wrote them all except for the two covers on the album, which yeah. is Every Day is Halloween by Ministry and Why Penny. Do You Think You're Nuts by Penny Pierce.
2: Yeah, so you wrote them all. And you're now, By the way, when did you start singing?
3: Actually. Um, the second I came out of my mom's cunt. I, um, uh, but it was, it was a, it, it, it all comes back to the fame. I was on reality TV. Yeah. Then I was the face of PETA. I started doing billboards, modeling. I was a spokesperson. It, it, the only natural phase is for me to have every slice of famous pie. And a big slice of that pie is to become a pop musician. That's why I didn't necessarily make the music that I listened to. I listened to glam rock, punk rock, surf rock, psych rock, punk rock. But I made a pop album because yeah. I needed it to sell. I wanted it to. I wanted it to be a part of the time capsule of our society. I wanted it to sound just like right now. I wanted it to make money. I wanted it. I wanted money to come to me. Are you rich? Oh, am I rich? Yeah. I've never had this much money in my life ever. Um, am I on the Forbes 100? Absolutely not, and I'll never be there. But um, I've... Uh, for the first time, I make so much money that I feel poor. Like I have to cultivate and protect this fortune. But I, I've, never, I've never had more than $20 in my pocket before RuPaul's Drag Race, so I'm so frivolous with money, it's terrible. I just bought a $300 t-shirt. I bought a $300 beige t-shirt today. And you probably ruin it oh I'll ruin it yeah well in comrade
2: in other words um back to like the Ouija board though, what do you actually believe in it or what's the deal with that
3: oh absolutely not no I say I say hail Satan and, and a lot of my imagery is about um you know the macabre um the supernatural um but I don't believe in any of it I think. you said
2: you don't believe in wicked
3: no oh, no I don't and uh I think why not? What, I think what it is is like... You think I, it's
2: just bullshit? I, uh, I, I,
3: I, just, I just tend to be more interested in facts than fantasy, personally. But, but don't you
2: think that there's some kind of like weird energy going on in the world somewhere?
3: Um, Maybe? Sure, but I, um, I'm t- I would rather just uh, consider the human race too stupid to understand it. Um, uh, religion tends to kill more people than it does yeah. bring together. And, and, and that's why I bring up... Uh, images of the macabre and the supernatural and Satan, because we live in a God-fearing nation. I mean, we have such great technology and freedom, but still live under this polyester bullshit fucking God that's murdering people, it's keeping rights from people, it's alienating friends and family. So instead of saying, oh my God, I'd rather say, hail fucking Satan. Yeah, you know, but I, you don't really believe it's saved. No, no I, I don't. But if I had to pick between heaven and hell, I'd pick hell because I can't keep white clean. Yeah, I know.
2: Well, um, what, what do you think after this... Um, so the music video...
3: Which uh, is legendary! Yeah.
2: Let's see, what, is your, what are you going to be doing in the next couple of months?
3: Um, Well, we're just getting off Pride season, and we go right back on... What season? Pride season. Pride season, Pride season is the no-sleep season for any successful drag queen. Um, uh, Usually, the fall tends to be a good time uh, for breaks for drag queens. Unfortunately, when crowned RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar Season 4, the only thing I said in my um, winning speech was, Happy Halloween. So from October 1st to November 1st, I also don't sleep. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> because of Halloween. Yes, and so um, I took my favorite holiday and I turned it into a very hectic, um, busy, but also very profitable um, uh, holiday season. Fuck Christmas.
2: <laughs> so before the RuPaul thing... You were already doing a sort of goth kind of uh, dark thing, right? Not really, not no?
3: really. No, I was, I was more of a punk rock social commentary queen, you know. If, if it was in the news, I brought it into my stage show. I remember uh, there was a priest in Florida who was going to burn the Koran, and it, cra- it created all this... Uh, um, Anxiety in the Middle East saying that they were going to protest this church. Well, the priest backed out, so I didn't. So I performed Burn Baby Burn Disco Inferno while burning copies of the Quran. No Tino Shade, I have ruined probably over 500 Bibles in my tour. So I'm and not. You're not worried? Uh, no, I, ne- I never worry about the uh, social backlash of my work because I'm a man in a dress and somehow. Yeah. American society creates a buffer on uh, how severe things are when you put a man in a dress. Yeah. But uh, right now, the PC police have slowly but surely infiltrated American culture, and you can't get away with anything anymore. It's stupid. I know, but... It's stupid. So I finally got a taste of success where I can really... You know, I'm more G.G. Allen than I am um, Marilyn Monroe, you know, and that was the type of work I was excited about bringing to, um, to the main stage and to sub-pop culture at large. But, um, but what I've learned when you get a taste of fame is some things are left um, underground. Some things are designed like to stay underground. Like what? Uh, like, really button-pushing, you know, material, you know. Um, what do you consider that? Well, you know, the... I mean, ol- for
2: you, Sharon to say, button-pushing, I'm a little, like, Well, wow. right, the
3: old me would have showed up to a red carpet um, event in a hoodie holding a bag of Skittles. And um, I, I think now that just doesn't, that just doesn't fly, you know. You wouldn't be able
2: to do that now. If you went to, a, if you did that now, what would
3: happen? People would be mad. I, I think it would I think it would give me negative press that would just be a fucking headache yeah. for me, you know? And the thing about negative press is uh, I, I get a lot of negative press You do? Oh uh, well I mean I was I mean I was just kicked out of Austria. I was You y-
2: kidding. I didn't hear Yeah, that. I was just
3: kicked out of the life ball in Austria. Oh that's right, I saw that, I remember um, for, that.
2: that was like it was like maybe it was four or five months ago, right?
3: Yes, 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 yes. Like uh, I, I was talking to the press about um, being in the homeland of Hitler. Yes. um, um that will get you uh, just for your readers maybe you should have just shut your mouth until afterwards Uh, no 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 yeah but uh, at the time being kicked out did it inconvenience you I mean it inconvenienced me but like Andy Warhol always says your worst day is your best tape and I don't believe in the afterlife but I do believe in memoirs and um, uh, whenever I have anxiety about my bad press I simply step out of my body and say, if I wasn't me, would I be a Cher Needles fan? Fuck yes, I would be. Would, would I idolize a drag queen who got kicked out of Austria for yeah. making raucous <laughs> remarks about Hitler? Absolutely, fucking yes. I would love her. I would love her. So that's and and
2: also, just to bring it down closer, didn't, there was some press about you urinating out there at the police.
3: Oh, right next door. Yeah, 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 yeah. They I let mean, you come back here. Well, that, that one was... Um, that one, that one was just stupid. I just had to pee. Yeah,
2: but why didn't you just go into the restroom?
3: Because I was leaving the show and my dick had been taped into my own asshole for six hours. Oh. And um, uh, I mean, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Sorry about it. Yeah,
2: but the cops was a the cop there that saw you.
3: Yes, yes, a, a cop saw me in the alley um, peeing. I was, in a, I was in a mini dress were
2: you, dra- oh, you were in drag I was in
3: a mini dress Covered in marijuana leaves And big red hair And I had just left Talking to Chris Jenner And Lance Bass And yeah. I had to pee it That's, There's my celebrity story Hanging out with Kim Kardashian's mom Peeing on the street
2: Well also I wanted to ask you about Drag and that whole thing Because Do you feel that you're a drag queen Or do you feel like you're cross dresser Or what the fuck are you
3: um, i feel more like a clown, like a fuck, like a punk rock fuck clown. Um, but I mean, that's what a drag queen is. A drag queen, in my opinion, is is someone who exaggerates the concept of consumeristic beauty. It's yeah, but don't some of them
2: like try to be pretty and all that shit?
3: Yes, but I um, I have a pro. I love all types of drag, from pageant drag to gender fuck and everything in between. But I do have a certain disdain and distaste for drag queens who are unaware of their history. Yeah. And with Drag Race making drag so accessible to the masses, and all these little lady boys all over the world are starting to experiment with drag. I wish they could step outside their Lady Gaga bubble and and know who Lee Bowery is, know who Divine was, know um, you know no great film directors like John Waters and. It uh, was my last
2: interview,
3: by the way. Uh, work. What a great guy, isn't he? Fantastic. Um, I. But you
2: wish that, in other words, you feel that you, you're not against uh, traditional
3: drag. But... Drag started out being very political. It used to be punk as fuck. To be a man and put on heels and strut the street. Now, I grew up in a generation of Pete Burns, Jane County, Boy George, button-pushing gender weirdos. And now, I, nowadays, you see a lot of these uh, drag queens who, um, who are just more interested in, in looking um, physically, commercially beautiful by the American consumeristic standard. Yeah. Which to me is cheap and boring and, and has uh, no power for it. And I think, half, I think some of these drag queens out here are just dressing in drag because they can't fucking cut it at being a gay man. They can't deal. And what about that? Why can't they? Um, because of the social pressures of what being a gay person is. The more rights that gay people achieve, I think the more... Um, internal um, expectations gay people put on each other and their community and their peers and themselves. And I think uh, when you don't have the biceps and the perfect uh, teeth and six foot two, and sometimes um, a lace front wig, a dress, and a pair of pumps can be an immediate um, uh, cure to, to the summertime blues. Yeah, you're right. Drag can definitely be a Xanax. But it's best when it's used as an artistic outlet than when it's used as a sexual um outlet. Yeah. But hey girl, I mean I'm not I'm not fucking God and I'm not here to judge. I'm I'm just another lady boy amongst the ranks of the rest of them. I just have my opinions.
2: Now um I don't want like you don't have to say anything you don't want to, but like you've been in a relationship for a while now. Do you feel that it's possible to have a love relationship or do you believe in open relationships or what's your philosophy
3: about love and sex? Um, Oh, I definitely believe in um, open relationships and the most successful gay relationships um, that I know uh, are open relationships. Me and Alaska do not have an open relationship. It's uh, basically based on uh, ego A concept of possession And um, And uh, Jealousy And selfishness And What uh, sign is she? Or is it Do you prefer he or she? She's my, I always call her she I yeah. always say Call her he Are you Call he? her she Call her Regis Kathy Lee Just call her Are you it. he or she? Uh, I'm, or I'm, I'm all of it I'm so all So anyway of it. Back to the last she What's her sign? She's a, I think a Pisces yeah, she's a Pisces. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I love them. They're good. Right. So we both know in our minds that an open relationship is, of course, the the truest, honest form to love someone else. Because it's being honest enough to know that your bodies want to fuck other things. But it's, it's, it's the mind that stops us. So, yeah. But, you know, we'll, if we ever get to a road where we change our mind, we'll we'll... Change your mind, but until then, I'll just continuously fuck um, everyone behind her back and continuous lying. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, I won't say that. Printed if you, I don't fucking care.
2: <laughs> well, um.
3: Different hose, different area codes.
2: Well, um. Mm.
3: Jamie, thank you for this. This got me right together. I had a headache, I had it all. Well,
2: um, let's see. But, I, I don't know, maybe you don't want to say that, but. What do you think about Alaska not winning or that whole process? Is different for you and for her? Does that create any conflict?
3: Uh, no. Uh, not at all. I mean...
2: She did it because of um, you did it, or she was going to do it anyway. She was going to do
3: it. She's, she's been in the top 20 of to, uh, consideration to be on the show since season one. So she has been this close yeah. every single time. They just always said the same thing, it's not your season, it's not your yeah. season and and I'm so glad that they waited because um, uh, her dynamic in the season of the fish, which season five is considered to be, um, to be one of the most visually beautiful seasons yeah. and what a great place for Alaska because she's so visually beautiful but also has that insane clown living inside of her that made her uh, really stand out. Do I think she should have win? Absolutely. Do a lot of people in the world think she should win? Absolutely. Did she win? Nope. And what are you going to do? Because well, do
2: you even think that it's necessary that they have competition? I mean, why, do, why don't they just have a show? Do they have to have a competition? I mean, what do you think about that?
3: Competition makes the show engaging, competitive to the viewer, and it creates... Um, it creates protagonists, antagonists. It gives it a story arc. Does it need it? No. But is it, is it how the show works? Yes. And
2: but do you think that the contestants
3: like each other mostly, or we all love each other? We all can, There are I think 57 of us now yeah. in the family, in the RuPaul family. And of course, we—I mean—we're all sisters. We bicker and stuff, but we are all so aware of how um, lucky we are, how touched we are. Drag is not a fucking job unless you're Lady Bunny. No one's gonna make a goddamn living out of this. It's expensive. It's aggravating. It's an assault on the body—from the duct tape to the corsets, the foam, the wigs, the pins. It's an assault to the vehicle that is ourselves. But we do it because of the passion we have for it. But when you hit RuPaul's Drag Race stage and you play your cards right, you have made a lifelong career out of something that used to be a passion and a hobby. So we are so aware of how lucky we are to have each other and to have had the opportunity that we had.
2: Well, what made you think about even going on it? Alaska been thinking about it, or...?
3: I, well, it, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is my favorite television show. I thought it was the most genius thing I've ever seen. It, um, it has uh, the tears, the fights, the beauty, the emotion. Um, it has drag queens. I mean, what else are you going to say? It has fucking men in dresses. Yeah. So you just you said, can't go wrong. I got to go on there. I said, I got to go on that show. And you show. did
2: it like right away. But
3: I knew they would never take me. My my name's Sharon Needles, which is a reference to heroin, and, you know, I knew my act was a little rough, Um, you know, I didn't consider myself, you know, that polished, and so, and then when I was accepted to the show, I was still even convinced that I was going to be used as a sacrificial lamb, someone they could get rid of early on. And how come,
2: how do you think you won, then?
3: Um, I think I won because it was the first year that they allowed the American opinion to matter, and i think the american people i identified with Sharon Needles. i don't Why? think um, she's no different than any other drag queen she's just more honest than the average drag queen yeah i wasn't just there to to boast about my accomplishments i was also there to talk about the dirty reality of of being a drag queen and it, it was it was time someone brought that back yeah it was time it was time someone brought back the dirt yeah. In drag. Also, it started oh, maybe becoming your so was, ma-
2: Your image had a real appeal because it was different from the other people, maybe. Right,
3: right. And you know, it was it was it was the era of Gaga. I think the world you know, it was the era of Gaga, it was the era of Barack Obama. The world was the world was kind of loving this freaky ass shit there for a minute. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it slowly slipped through our fingers and is gone, but uh, I, was just luck- I was just lucky. You know, there are times when I'm, I'm reading books about CBGBs or the limelight, and I think, man oh man, did I miss out on a great social um, decade. But now when I really look at it, I'm in the era of the RuPaul Drag Race era, where drag came to the forefront and became mainstream, and anyone was allowed to do it. So I'm, I, one day I will be older and I'll look back and be very proud of my era. Um so, in terms of a job though, have you ever had a regular job i've always worked i've worked since I was fourteen years old. Doing How else what? was I going to get drugs uh I don't know, but what did you do i uh, my first job i I was fourteen years old. I was the mint passer outer at a burger King but i mean i've I've done it all. I was a makeup artist, worked at thrift stores, barista i mean every disposable job that makes you you know you know partially suicidal but i I always always worked. You always worked. had a job. Yeah I, I needed to buy drugs and wigs so I could go out and drag and get wasted.
2: Yeah but like in terms of drugs are you still doing them?
3: Yes yeah I do drugs.
2: But well, um how do you function?
3: Um because I'm on drugs. <laughs>
2: Some drugs are better than others maybe right?
3: Yeah yeah I mean I certainly don't do the drugs I did when I'm younger my body just can't handle them um You know, I was talking to the great Armin Ra, the world's most renowned theremin player, and he told me, I don't trust old people that do drugs, but I don't trust young people that don't do them. So uh, I think what he meant by that is uh, got to be young, you got to be adventurous and experimental, and I'm certainly not asking any of my fans or kids to do drugs, but I certainly wouldn't judge them for doing them. Yeah. But you were able to get... You're able to
2: do whatever you are doing, with like you said, you were drinking all day. You're still able to function,
3: and get it done. Oh, absolutely! I've never missed a gig. Never. No, no, never missed a gig. Cool. <laughs> I'm a function. You know, I I I play hard, but I work harder. Are you crazy? I don't know. So maybe I am. Do you I, think you
2: have like one of those things, like? bipolar or ADHD or one of those kind of things? or
3: Maybe ADHD with um, maybe an egomaniac. Narcissist? Oh, most definitely narcissistic. What's the worst mm-hmm. thing you ever did? The worst thing that I have ever done. There's so many of them. <laughs> there are you know, I, I say this a lot. I was born bad, so bad that I can't even feel bad about it. Um, I, I mean, I've been doing bad shit. I mean, I, I was six years old when I burnt down an entire tennis court with, with a bottle of gasoline and my mom's matches from her purse. I, I mean, I can't even... I, I really can't remember. I've done well, so many... What is the
2: thing that you feel worst about yourself? Like, things that you've done that you feel bad about? Is there anything that comes to mind because that could be very little too I mean it could be like like the what I suffer thing. the guilt what What do you feel like you shit I wish I didn't do that damn it or where you feel like you would get the most shit for uh, what's the most crazy thing you're well that shit I keep from the
3: press yeah that's true <laughs> but maybe there's something
2: something crazy you did that you can't that you think oh my god how did I do that
3: I'm just there must you um, must be
2: millions of them.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would.
2: something funny. Like is there something you did that's
3: ridiculous?
2: It must be a lot, You know,
3: you know I don't feel bad about something
2: specific though. Like okay, I once like went out and uh, I don't know, like something at school or you must have done some ridiculous stuff. I'm right? trying
3: to think of the worst
2: thing that I've ever done. Or the done. stupidest thing. Or the craziest thing. Just like one or two things. It doesn't have to be demos, but like I remember being
3: 15 years old and standing on the Raccoon River of downtown Des Moines, and a pontoon boat stopped, and a older gentleman picked me up, and um, I sucked his dick all the way down the Raccoon River while smoking methamphetamine out of a light bulb. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed with him for a couple days too, and he gave me a ride home on a boat. So that was fun. I don't even feel bad about that. I think I look back at that as romantic. <laughs> yeah. His name was the Candyman, candy and man. all and all the all the teenage street trannies would tell me to stay away from him. But you liked him. Well, they always told me to stay away from him, but they would always get on his boat, and I always feel left out. So you did it. Uh huh. Right.
2: I think we should probably should close him because it's uh, otherwise I'll never finish this by t- by tomorrow. But um, <laughs> what is any advice for the for the young people out there, or anybody at all, like what what have you learned in
3: becoming Sharon Needles? What's your advice? Um, like I always say, um, I, I like to go by what my idols have said. You know, RuPaul always said, um, "What other people think of you ain't none of your goddamn business." I always say, "When in doubt, freak them out." And my favorite advice is from uh, the fabulous Lady Bunny. Retire.
2: What does that mean,
3: though? <laughs> Quit. Quit what? <laughs> give it up. <laughs> no, I want give.
2: something better, my dear. I know you can do better than that. Well, I want to hear what you think. What I, you learn I'm the it?
3: wrong person to ask for no, advice. No, you're the
2: right person. You're smart. What would you say to somebody that just comes into New York City? Or what would you say to somebody that's living in a fucking piece of shit
3: town? What should they do? I, you know, I, I, I guess... Um, never... never Feel guilty. I mean, I, that's, that's really all I. That's really all I can say is, uh, don't hold yourself back by guilt by guilt or fear. No other species in the entire world deals with guilt. Guilt is is a bizarre emotion that is uh, makes you feel bad for the decisions that you make and. Um, uh, so
2: you're saying be brave.
3: Yeah, ne- yeah. Never, never. I, I don't want to sound all Lady Gaga about it because. Honestly, I don't, I don't want to be anyone's role model. My role models were assholes. My role models are dead. My role models never made it to thirty. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a bad person to ask yeah, for advice, you, you, but you
2: somehow got it together despite being an
3: asshole. You somehow that's did a debatable it. statement.
2: Well, at least you're living and you've got a job, you've got a, a career. So what would you say to somebody that's...
3: So you know i so you know, but at the same time, I'm the ultimate sellout. You think so? At times, yeah. I mean, my album's called PG-13 for a reason. I'm an X-rated act that dumped my shit down to a PG-13 commercial level. But that's called compromise, baby. And if you want to stay relevant in this business, nowadays you've got to compromise. It used to be the artist told the industry what art was. Now the industry's telling artists what art is.
1: So it's...
3: Yeah.